Today on episode number 906, we're talking to Daniel Alphen about LinkedIn. Now, why are we doing that? Because I, going back to episode 722, when we talked to Karen Yankovic about LinkedIn, that's when I was like, and this is episode 906, so it's been a while. And look, I'm just going to raise my hand and say, LinkedIn has been a weakness of mine for quite some time. And I just was like, you know, I just need to admit it and take another swing at it. And I found this cool quote from American writer Ralph Waldo Emerson, which makes me kind of nervous because he has three names. And usually if you have three names, you're a serial killer. But anyway, he noted, our strength grows out of our weakness. If we allow them, our weaknesses can become some of our most outstanding teachers. Learning from our weaknesses can drive us to a better version of ourselves. It is essential to know weakness. And so I know my weakness. And because I have a podcast, I was able to find a guru and say, hey, come answer some of the most common questions about LinkedIn. We're going to bust some LinkedIn myths and I'm going to find out and I'm going to put it right out there. You're going to hear some things that I am not doing well on LinkedIn so you can avoid making those same mistakes. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. I know right now as I record this, it's the holiday season. We're busy. We're hustling. We're bustling. We're getting ready to go over the river and through the woods. And I just want to say, I want to really say thank you for taking the time. I do appreciate it. If you're new to the show, this is why I help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast And today we're going to talk about growing your podcast on LinkedIn. And as I mentioned, I'm horrible at LinkedIn. And let's just get to it. Well, actually, before we do that, uh, yep, I have a new jingle. Oh, for crying out loud, here comes another 10-second tangent. 10 seconds indeed. Such absolute rubbish. Yes, and that's a completely AI-generated voice with some music from Audioblocks, but... Last episode, so it's a little bit of a tangent, but not really, ties into last week. I talked about how there are sharks in the water, and an article came out this week about how people are being approached to either, A, we'll give you $2,000 to speak on some virtual event, or we'll pay you $3,000 to be a guest on our podcast. All we need to do is configure your Facebook page for a live event, and then they basically take over your page and hack you and all sorts of other fun things. So again, at the time I said, if it sounds a little good, a little too good to be true, you might want to take a second and think about it. So keep that in mind. Uh, That's happening out there. And I just said, look, the more money that comes into podcasting, the more, well, people with uh, not great intentions are slowly sneaking in. Thus ends the tangent. Daniel Alphen has been on LinkedIn. Are you ready for this? Since 2004. There was a part of me that was like, was LinkedIn around in 2004? Seriously? He's been on, he actually wrote a book about LinkedIn, but we both admitted that like, hey, that's a great, yeah, it's a little outdated when it's over like 10 years old, but he's got courses, especially if you're into sales and everything's very niche, but it's all around LinkedIn. You can find that at his website, Daniel Alphen, Alphen is A-L-F-O-N dot com, of course. And I asked him, I'm like, you know, there's, 
if you, especially when Twitter turned into X or whatever we're calling it the week, there were, there were like a bazillion different little uh, social sites came up and I'm like, what's the big deal? Like, what's the biggest difference with LinkedIn? In one word, business. And while some podcasters may not think of themselves as a business and some do, and they're like, who should really be using LinkedIn? If your podcast is about business, then LinkedIn is probably the best platform for you. But Dave, even if your podcast is not purely about business, you could still drive business through LinkedIn. Now, for me, when I think of LinkedIn, I think of every time I log in, I get about five people going, hello, I'm a professional podcast promoter, and they're just a lot of spam and things like that. And so in some cases, I have just been going, yeah, whatever, except, except, except. Now, the professional podcast promoter, no, I never, in fact, I block, I reject, whatever. But there are a lot of people that I'm like, I don't know if I met them at a conference or what's going on. And so my network looks huge, but I kind of was like, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? If somebody like has, let's connect, Dave. They seem so friendly. Is that what I should be doing? I would ask you, Dave, in three years' time, would you like to be the most connected or the best connected? And I think we could all probably agree we want to be the best connected, right? So if you decide you want to be best connected, you need to know your network. It doesn't matter who sent you invitations. You need to have a strong quality network because basically after you build your LinkedIn presence and you connect with people you know well as a podcaster, you can run an advanced search, find an interesting prospect, and you would see that you share a mutual connection with that person. If you know who that person is, you can leverage that relationship and get introduced to your potential client outside of the LinkedIn platform. If you don't know them, you can no longer leverage that relationship. And so right now, there's a large portion of my network on LinkedIn. I have no idea who these people are. So I think I know the answer to this. Do I just go back and remove them? No, I think it's, uh, it's best if you decide to um, trim your network and build a quality network. What you could also do is turn LinkedIn's creator mode. And by that, you would still be connected, Dave, only with people you know well. But other people could follow you, like Twitter, if you'd like. Hmm. I could follow you. It doesn't mean that you have necessarily to follow me. So the creator mode... You might be going creator mode. Yeah, there's a creator mode. So what happens when I turn on the creator mode? First of all, it's absolutely free. The three main features, if you like. One, the default button is no longer connect, but follow. The second thing is that you're able to add that CTA we mentioned. So go to my program. And the third would be Dave talks about podcasting launching podcasts, editing podcasts, growing podcasts. So these are the three strongest elements you would get out of turning the creator mode. Now we might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves because a little bit like Facebook, you have a Facebook profile and then you can have a Facebook page and you can do the same thing on LinkedIn. So 
which one should I be promoting, my profile or my page? Absolutely. For most of us, our profile and not our page. Because our page would start with very few followers. If you look at your own page, you have 10 more followers on your profile than on the School of Podcasting. And that would be the case for most of podcasters. Forget about the page, set it up, but marketing will be done through your profile. Got it. We're going profile. We'll set up the page, but we're going to focus on our profile. So what's some of that low-hanging fruit that people do when it comes to setting up your profile? Make your profile photo visible to everyone. That's a 30-second setting. You visit your profile, you click on your profile photo, and you toggle it to all LinkedIn members. And by the time this chat is, is out, I will revisit your profile to make sure you perform at least that action. And yes, mine was not set correctly. And right after this interview, I set that correctly. So thank you for the homework, Daniel. I appreciate it. And then I always talk about podcasts, how the title of your show and the title of your episode is really important. And you shouldn't put things like episode 16, Dave Jackson. That does not make people want to click. And it's very similar in the land of LinkedIn. The best headline would make your prospect stop and want to discover more about who Dave is. In other words, when I look at your profile, your, your headline is, I help entrepreneurs and small business launch successful podcasts. This is the, an excellent headline because it speaks directly to your niche. If I'm not interested in launching a podcast, then I disqualify myself and I move on. But if I am intrigued by podcasting, this attracts me to discover more about Dave and more about the School of Podcasting. And that helps me become a monthly or yearly subscriber to your program. Awesome, so I got my profile set up with a scroll-stopping headline. How often should I be posting on LinkedIn? So LinkedIn is probably the only major platform out there where you can succeed without sharing a lot. Hmm. It doesn't mean that you don't have to share, but your content strategy can come after you optimized your presence and your network. Why is that? Because if I have only 200 connections and I share to death 24 seven, very few people will see that. And sharing should only help your ideal reader. So if, your ideal, if our ideal reader is a business owner who wants to launch their own po podcast, you ask yourself, what sort of questions are they asking? What mistakes can you help them avoid? What gear should you use? How should they call the podcast? So obviously Daniel's giving examples for me about my business. You would want you to be about you. Should they use a hosting service like this? Should he should ignore others? And you basically curate content around their questions. In many cases, you have that content. You don't need to create content for the sake of LinkedIn. And in, in, in a word, 
build a customer facing profile and I didn't say a listener ready profile because there's a difference. And like any good podcast host, that pretty much screams follow-up question. What's the difference? There are all sorts of podcasters, you know, you know, some of them are using it, like you said, as therapy. Yeah. They're not interested in monetizing the the podcast the podcast itself. However, as the author of Profit from Your Podcast, you know that some other podcasters are interested in precisely that, monetizing their podcast. So ask yourself, who's the ideal client I'd like to reach? And revisit your own profile to make sure that those people find you, understand quickly that you're part of the solution, and they can go directly to your program, to your sign-up page, to your mastermind. Does that sound familiar? It reeks of podcasting. What kind of person are you trying to attract? Make a podcast that attracts that person. Here we're saying, what kind of person are we trying to attract? Create a profile that attracts that person. But some social websites really restrict on, can you link to other things? And how often can you link and things like that? So in terms of calls to action, can we link to stuff? Yes, you could. By using the creator mode, you can have a call to action just below your, uh, your profile photo. And you also have three other places where you can link. The featured link is probably the most prominent. So most people will see it before they see the experience section. And that's it. that is prime real estate. So I would ask, what is the strongest link you'd like people to go to? Is the schoolofpodcasting.com backslash subscribe? Or is it something else? Is it podcastcosentin.com backslash something else? So we've got this great profile now. We're attracting the people we want to attract. How do you know later that this new listener, this new customer especially, how do we know they came from LinkedIn? My SEO is, is built on courses and, and certain keywords. In many cases, I, I have a one-on-one conversation with those clients. And they would typically tell me, oh, I was listening to your conversation with Dave Jackson, and this is the reason I signed up. I actually do that when somebody signs up for the School of Podcasting. I send them a video and say, hey, welcome aboard. And that's the question I always ask because I want to do more of that. And I realize we've talked about some of the things I was already doing that I need to do better. What other myths do you find in LinkedIn? Your metrics should be the business metrics. Again, very similar to podcasting where I always ask, how are you going to measure your success? Because not everything is measured in downloads. Daniel continues. And not the LinkedIn metrics. In other words, if you have now 15 new subscribers a day or 30 people signing up for the yearly program, then this is the metric you'd like to track. And LinkedIn is simply a black box that can help you increase subscriptions. At the end of the day, you don't say, wow, I have 
3,000 connections. You say, my bank account next quarter will show a 30% increase thanks to the actions I performed thanks to LinkedIn. And forget about the vanity metrics of LinkedIn. So for everyone who's still quoting their stupid listen note stats, or I don't know, I want to look at unique downloads, not IAB, because the number's bigger and I feel warm and fuzzy about it. Yeah, maybe not. And we talked about how I get spammed a lot. What is the best way to make connections then on LinkedIn? Leverage your network. If you share a mutual connection with that person, it's probably the best and least used method. In other words, it would take you an extra five minutes, but the chances of you having a meaningful conversation with that person are a lot higher than a cold outreach. Again, just like podcasting, podcasting builds relationships. Relationships lead to opportunities and opportunities lead to more relationships. So if somebody approaches you on LinkedIn, what's the proper way to then respond? There's a secret link I could share with you enabling you to reply to incoming invitations. And you could basically reply saying, thank you very much for reaching out. Is there any way I could help you? Thank you very much, Dave. And if the person on the other hand says, yes, I just heard your chat with Alex Sanfilippo and we're trying to launch a business podcast. Could you help me? And I was wondering about what's the best way to start. Then you reply. And if they just want to add you to your network and you don't know them, then you can build that relationship outside of LinkedIn and keep your connections at a high quality. Oh, for crying out loud, here comes another 10-second tangent. 10 seconds indeed. Such absolute rubbish. So if I'm not going to have this connection in LinkedIn, but I still want to have a connection, where do I do that? I use a tool, and this is the real name. I'll have a link to it out in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 906. It's called Less Annoying CRM. It's a great tool for basically organizing all of your communication between you and this person and adding tasks to follow up with them and things like that. And again, Less Annoying CRM. Please use the link in the show notes because, well, it's an affiliate link. When we come back, we're going to talk about really one of the hardest parts of LinkedIn because we talked about we want to have a quality network. So what if somebody connects with you or wants to connect and you go, yeah, it's 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 not you. It's it's me. How do we handle rejections in LinkedIn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there are times when I logged into LinkedIn and I get things that are very spammy. Those are kind of easy to get rid of. But what about when you're like, well, it's a close fit, but not really. In many cases, it's an automation tool. It's when you see that the invitation itself did not mention anything about you. It doesn't even mean they visited your profile. There are a ton of tools out there built to grow people's network. You can look at it just as pitches. If the person says, hey, I love your show, then they basically disqualify themselves because you run more than one show. On the other hand, if they said, I was listening to episode 900 with Jesus, and I like that quote, or I like that Davism, then you know they at least put a decent amount of work before they reached out to you. 
Now, one of the great things about having a podcast is you get to talk to people you have no business talking to, and I didn't want to take advantage of Daniel, but here he is, a LinkedIn guru, and I basically said, hey, what else is wrong with my profile? Because they already pointed out a couple things, and here's some other things that I need to work on. Okay, so I like the banner. The banner is great. The headline you mentioned is excellent. I would probably advise you to look at the featured section. You are using the featured section, but I would use the featured section for something that's stronger. And so we talked about knowing what your weaknesses are. You also want to know what your strengths are so you can put those up front. You launched a LinkedIn newsletter, but it only has one edition, and that's (laughs) close to nine months ago. It probably means I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so so we played with it. That's fine. Right now, you could decide to link to schoolofpodcasting.com or anything else. So obviously, there's some things I need to work on. Probably one of the things you need to work on is your headline. And Daniel has a kind of a worksheet, a tool to help you improve your headline. Daniel, where can people find that? Thank you very much, Dave. DanielAlfon.com. And that's Daniel, A-L-F-O-N. Dot com. And it's right in the homepage. And it's a freebie, free to download. It's a simple cheat sheet with examples before and after. And I think that will help people build a headline that's almost as strong as yours. Ah, there we go. I'm glad to hear I did something right. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the show. Dave, thank you very much for having me on School of Podcasting. And thanks to Alex and Podmatch for enabling me to learn from you. Oh, no. Here we go. It's time for a 10-second tangent. Dave's going to fly off on another subject that isn't really related to what we're talking about. 10-second my ass. Rubbish. (laughs) I think that's silly. Anyway... Um, one thing I wanted to say here, I really want to thank Daniel because Daniel lives in Tel Aviv, better known as Israel. Yeah. And so we had some technical difficulties, but we pushed through and I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of that. The other thing that I just wanted to tack on to this, this is my Jerry Springer. If you're new to the show, I always say, if you do interviews, you want to share something that like, what did you get out of the interview? And for me, as I listen to this, LinkedIn is one of those things that, again, if you're a business, if you're trying to attract businesses like I am, I think podcasting is one of the best marketing tools for your business. So I should be on LinkedIn. Now, if I was doing a show, like I'm not going to promote Building a Better Dave on LinkedIn. That is my $7 therapy show. And so that's not a good fit. But the one thing you have to do is I've tried in the past for about four days. Yeah. This is one of those things. If you're going to get good at it, you've got to go over, like I need to take the time to learn how to make a newsletter. Apparently I created one and that's about as far as I got. So anything else you have to take the time to figure out how to use it and maximize your potential. And that is just what we just heard is a guy who's trying to be everywhere. And this is something I don't do anymore. Like I'm not really on threads and why, because I don't have enough time and I wasn't seeing any kind of results. And so where Daniel was talking about, he just asked his customer like, Hey, how did you find me? And they go, uh, LinkedIn. So 
I ask people all the time, how did you find me? And I've never had somebody say threads or rumble or all these other kind of fringe different social places. So I need to spend more time and really understand how to get the most out of LinkedIn. And that's probably going to take longer than four days. Thanks again to Daniel. Find him at Daniel Alphon, again, A-L-F-O-N.com. I wanted to point out something cool that Daniel did. And I always say one of the ways you can stand out as an interviewer is when you do your homework. You actually read the book if you're interviewing an author and things like that. Daniel did the reverse of this. It was, and, and passive aggressive sounds negative. But what I mean is he snuck these in here and I took it as a, hey, not of the hat here. I did my homework on you. Here's a couple. As the author of Profit From Your Podcast, or I like that Davism, I just heard your chat with Alex Sanfilippo because you run more than one show. And that helps me become a monthly or yearly subscriber to your program. Episode 900 with Jesus. And so without just like, oh, I'm just going to suck up to the host. He was really helping me promote me without being this Sunday, just mentioning these things. And then I just, as I was listening back, I'm like, hey, that was kind of cool. And so as you appear on other podcasts, you might want to add that skill to your podcast guest checklist slash toolbox. I thought it was, again, very subtle. And yet very cool. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to get you thinking as I record this, we're coming into the end of the month. So we have the question of the month, which you've already heard about. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. But I just want to give you a heads up. Next month, it's the end of the year. I do this every year. And this actually might be the last year I do this. I went back into my Apple stats and this particular topic does not really do stellar. And that is the question of the month for December. I'm letting you know ahead of time is if you can only listen to one podcast, right? You're on a desert Island or whatever. You can only listen to one. What show are you picking to listen to? And more importantly, why, why is it your favorite show? That gives us insight into what makes a good podcast. And of course, I'm going to ask you to talk about your show and where we can find it, but that's going to be December's. And every time I throw this out, people are like, man, that's hard. Well, I'm giving you a heads up. That's what's coming in a few weeks. So thanks so much for listening. Thanks again. All the links are out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 906. You know what else is out there? The link to join the School of Podcasting and get access to our step-by-step tutorials are amazing I'm here to tell you amazing podcast community and unlimited one-on-one consulting with me. And if you go, well, that can't be right. No, no, it is. It's not a typo. I love to help people. It's what I do. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener will save you a little on your monthly or yearly subscription. And you can do that absolutely worry-free because there's a 30-day money-back guarantee And we will see you again next week with another episode of the School of Podcasting. Until then, next week is Thanksgiving, so I'm going to say it early. I am thankful for you listening. I really do appreciate it. Take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. And yes, there are bloopers.
And I found this cool quote from American Rydal. Rydal? Oh, bite my butt. And so it might be a skill that you add to your guest appearance skill set. Nah. Add the skill to the skill of the thing set. Nah. Okay, this one is not a blooper, but I searched for like cool quotes on, you know, identifying your weakness. And here's one. Everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing it is stupid. That is Albert Einstein. And I cannot get the mental picture of a fish trying to climb a tree out of my head. Here's another one. I'm no more ashamed of my weaknesses. The more you embrace them, the more you free up your energy and time to focus on your strengths. Ooh. 